are you good pedigree what is your native location what is offer amount from other job well if you can't answer these questions don't bother applying such a red letter day for hiring isn't it ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to bus talk a podcast about your life at work where we talk about stuff that no one tells you at work and in today's episode i am going to go deep diving into some of the questions that the hiring agencies aka recruiters ask on route to evaluating a prospective candidate for a role i will cover the whole perspective from a 360 degree view of course from the hiring agency's perspective what their challenges are and what they land up executing and what they get in return of such execution of course i will also step on the other side of the table and discuss about the companies which give such mandates to these recruitment agencies what do they expect and what kind of people they choose to represent the company to external agencies and finally of course the job seeker what mindset does the job seeker need to be to acknowledge agree and be available for these roles that sometimes ask for very personal details which are absolutely irrelevant to the job at hand and i'll give you some examples to that effect so without further ado let's jump right in first let's start with the plight of the recruitment agencies there are so many of them and clearly there are different quote unquote pedigrees of them as well some are very basic uh, some are silver some gold and some platinum right i could have given you a better classification but i guess you get the drift so the ones that are at the basic plan which straight away you know <laughs> in fact I, i think they are very you know straightforward do you want job is their first opening remark or opening question if you say no end of conversation they don't have time to waste they have to go find the next guy they don't have any frills their communication skills or nuances or sophistication levels are understandably low right so fair point to say that they're not hiring and i don't know i'm going to touch upon this pedigree stuff again but they they are not hiring pedigree stuff right they they want to hire basic entry level guys who are desperate for a job who are also used to receiving similar calls so you know let's not get too intelligent about all this you want a job yes i want a job here is what is your expected salary oh it is in the budget and uh, and then match the two match the following kind of an exercise and and then present the resume and move on that's my role i'm a fulfillment agent basically nothing don't expect any more from me okay so that's the basic standard then you go slightly above into the silver class in the silver standard they have slightly better communication skills they will still ask you are you looking for a change so the di- the difference between basic and silver tier is that do you want a job full stop versus are you looking for change Uh, and they get very impatient right because they're making these calls like 30 40 50 candidates every single day for months together if not years and, and so they are like get on with life right if you want a job let's talk or don't waste my time and rightfully so right they have a quota to meet or an incentive to earn and what have you usually when you talk to them 
and say yes let's explore then they will straight away give the company description and uh, did you read the jd and they will walk through the jd then they will ask some basic q a about your notice period and when you can join and uh, and some very elementary questions like not, not to get into too deep then turn it over to their let me talk let me set up a call with my manager it's not our manager it's my manager so it's that yeah i won't even get into that i guess you know what i'm trying to say so talk to my manager in the evening or in the morning so that's your silver tier and then the manager calls and clearly the manager comes from a slightly more experience than the entry level person so they would try to go a little more deeper and understand the same questions they will actually would have gone through your resume at a very cursory level they may not completely identify with your profile and to be fair one person cannot know all job profiles right as in one can't say i am great uh, reader of profiles which have done cad cam experiences versus i am great with uh, technology and databases versus i am very good at understanding extreme computing as well so that doesn't generally happen right so with their limited but they have to present themselves reasonably articulate way and so they uh, their common stance is the company has asked me these questions so here is a set of quest- questions that you need to answer so they shield behind the company hr hr asks if you will and we don't know if the company's actually asked it or they have like one such example i'll give you today which kind of really got me going the mail goes like this that the person will head this particular function comma has to be good pedigree and experience in the entire gamut of that function i'm not giving away that particular function but given that you understand my podcast it will be anything between marketing sales business development and all that so you you fit what suits you best so if the profile interests you request to send mail across with an updated profile with the following information soonest okay i'm just reading ad verbatim uh the list and, and this is just so that you know the uh, list is very extensive and very deep the set of questions they've asked is candidate name company name in that they have specified payroll company paying you salary so they are clearly distinguishing between are you actually on payrolls like for example are you payroll of say microsoft amazon oracle ibm sap intel cisco dell whatever or are you part of their vendor teams there is often this uh, prejudice if you if you were to put it that way where some people think that because you are employed by the vendor team you are not as good i don't know why because sometimes the vendor teams are specialized teams and they tend to be far better than sometimes even the original oem uh, people inside but that's a debatable conversation i guess i get it why they are saying this because the salary compensation level because there are job seekers who misrepresent as well so suppose they are working for us a, a vendor company and then they present themselves that i am working for this big tech large uh, OEM 
OEM and so therefore the compensation that you expect is uh, much higher but as it turns out they are paid much lower and there is this discrepancy right the guy who gets hired in a you know one of those big tech organizations versus their vendor team albeit they probably do a very similar if not identical identical wouldn't be the right word but somewhat similar and when i say somewhat similar let me give you a percentage right if the counterpart oem counterpart guy say a sales rep is uh, doing uh, the job description has 10 points this vendor team sales rep has probably eight of them and they don't share the same rights and privileges to uh, to complete extent but they are using the same crm talking to the same customer pool and basically helping the company generate more revenue so to that effect uh, whether you're working as a contractor or a vendor team or on oem what matters is what you deliver as an end result isn't it what's the end result but this disc- discrepancy is even hierarchy if i may call it is very evident that the oem set of people start to believe that they are the quote unquote owners of the vendor team and therefore there is the almost like a master slave kind of a relationship and that's why these things transcend into such job requests sometimes where they specify uh mention the payroll company and the one who's paying you the salary in in specifics then the starting year of your first job i mean isn't this information already there in the resume and if it is there then why ask again so i i don't get that point uh and again then the quest further question is are you on a third party payroll so they have asked the company name payroll company and paying your salary then again there's a another question third party payroll so clearly this is a situation where the either the incumbent not the incumbent the uh, hiring company is very worried of hiring people from vendors and not direct oems uh they they would my sense is they would believe that these guys are not talented enough and so why hire such people and i thought that is very discriminatory practice because talent is talent no matter where you work right the ability is ability whether you work in a b or c and yes you have every right to test that ability every right to question verify that ability but that ability cannot suddenly increase or decrease basis the company that uh, this person works in right so to me that was little not good then the next question is time spent in the current organization since when so okay they have specified it that way so that they are asking for the role tenure which is a fair question then they are asking date of birth for uploading the resume this is highly discriminatory in my view date of birth is a ageism discrimination if someone is uh, and it cuts both ways right so if you are someone who is with less years of, of work experience doesn't mean that your ability is less like if somebody who's got 5 years of work ex and is interviewing for a sales head kind of a role does it automatically disqualify this person no right you have to evaluate that person talk to them understand their ability to execute such a role and if they fit the criteria then you hire them the reverse of it is true as well just because somebody is say 40 years old and is applying for a sales manager role doesn't mean they're immediately overqualified for it you cannot discriminate based on somebody's age you can 
choose some basis someone's ability to execute a role and that's what the only thing should matter how old they are or how young they are should generally typically not matter now there are some specific roles which require i wouldn't really call it age but the gravitas in some sense that comes with age you know when you're talking about large because the playing field your customers that you are so interacting with if they are for example largely in their 60s then you suddenly have somebody who's in in their 20s stand in front of them then there is a mismatch but those are very specific niche roles one cannot have a broad brush stroke you know for all roles and that's why asking for a date of birth is discriminatory and if it is part of any crm it should ought to get out of that crm like right now next um, not only they have asked current location which is fine but the subtext there been do i have to offer relocation and companies i mean it's a company to company saying that company might say i don't have budget to relocate people so then don't advertise pan india or or pan geography right just say looking for job seekers based in and out of this particular area and so if you mention that in the job description you will narrow it down but you will get the relevant profile but what it turns out is when they don't mention this and they go far and wide then they reach out to someone who is probably expecting a job uh, relocation benefit and if you don't give them that benefit then they anyways lose the candidate so what is the point anywho so current location and the subsequent ask is even more baffling right the native location what does native location have to do with current location i think we live in a digital age we live in a flexible age where we kind of work with any part of the country that we need to work right what relevance does it have from where my hometown is my native location they mean where do i originate from how does that matter is that not discriminatory to in in some sense so i i do think that is none of their business right where i come from is immaterial anyway and therefore the subsequent <laughs> two points uh, kind of justify not justify give you the clarity as to why they've asked that then they said willing to relocate and strong reasons why you want to relocate i mean like are you what is this like strong reasons to relocate means what i could give you any reason how would you know it's strong like if i'm working in delhi and the job is in bangalore i want to relocate to bangalore what strong reason the strong reason is that the job is good it pays me well it took care of my relocation so i'm happy to move is that not a strong reason what else do you want <laughs> like seriously i mean do i have to tell you that my girlfriend stays there or my family member is there or is that strong reason or what is strong reason that i have property there <laughs> i don't know it's incredible right so these people ask these questions uh, and then they go on to ask uh, total years of uh, oh yeah there is this intermediate point about willing to work from office if yes only then apply okay i think given the pandemic situation people want people to work from office now um, yeah so i can't contest that then they ask for total experience and relevant experience which is absolutely fair qualification fair 
current salary again discriminatory what has my current salary got to do with my opportunity cost simple question right you, the company has a budget for a for this role a low median and high for example if the company budget for the role is hundred dollars just hypothetically speaking right then if this job seeker is suddenly asking for 120 then you refuse the candidate right that too bad we can't hire you alternatively it could well be that the candidate is asking for 70 dollars then you can say look the average median for this is 100 give give them the 100 dollars because then they you know there is some market correction leveling that happens which they will anyways find out sooner or later so what is this thing about knowing your current salary Additionally, I think respecting current salary is a confidential personal financial information. Even after people exit organizations, there are NDAs and non-disclosures which continue to, and even if there aren't any, right, it's, it's a company confidential data. Why would you want to make it public? And so I've, I've never really understood the basis for, because the, you know, the, I mean, I understand the basis, the, the general sentiment is, oh, if he's under, uh, earning $70, then uh, he can't suddenly ask for $140. We will at best give him $90, but the budget for the role is $100. So yeah, we that's where we make a good deal, right? What a be benefit we give to the company that we save them $10. That's what the general mindset seems to be. Whereas from a job seeker standpoint, they would always want to maximize while not overprice themselves because I think people understand that, that if you overprice yourself in the market, you aren't going to get a job. You're going to narrow that, those options. In, and as you grow, it's very easy to go high, you know, coming down even a notch is incredibly pinching. It's incredibly difficult. So smart people will price themselves well. They would have understood the job role and then said, well, for this particular role, this is my opportunity cost or my expected CTC, which is a fair ask. If the company doesn't want to even talk about that CTC, then they should let the candidate know, you know, this won't work for us. End of story. Additionally, company to company, what happens is the structure of salary components differ. Somebody has a higher base, lower variable. Somebody has a very low base and a higher variable what are the odds that the income the new company will have a very similar structure they don't right i mean every, even in companies in the same space have very different structures of paying salary and so it's completely irrelevant to ask for current salary in my view official notice period as per company policy is the next question and then they ask able to join in how many days now my point is here well, if you say uh, company policy asked me to join in a um, uh, notice period is 90 days, but I can join in 30 days if you wave off the or, or if you buy off the notice period. If you, if you can't buy off the notice period, how am I going to answer how many days will I be able to join? Now, if I'm in between jobs, then I can always say can join immediately. But if I'm employed, gainfully employed, then it is unless you let me know whether the notice period will be bought off why should i incur that finance financial loss right i don't understand anywho then are you <laughs> this is the highlight right this question so listen to this very carefully stop everything that you're doing right now 
question they've asked is are you servicing are you serving notice period right you would think answer is yes or no but hold on they've added a comment next to it so are you serving notice period if yes what is the offer amount <laughs> like what what are you talking about and then they go on to ask it doesn't end there if serving notice period when is your last working day and joining the new organization can you be beat that right they are asking what is your offer amount from the other conversation that you are having now is this a practical reality that people talk to multiple companies answer is yes but why would i put that in writing <laughs> how does that matter right i could say whatever so this is completely out of wax for me and then they end with the three things like number of jobs changed like okay num one inference could be that if you have 10 years of work ex and you have changed job seven times could be that you have a stability problem fair point but somewhere that's not the only determinant of of stability because people leave jobs for multiple reasons right sometimes or rather in most occasions it's not going to performance one of the most common reasons as you must have heard this multiple times and probably if you are one of them you will resonate is that people leave jobs because of their managers they just can't stand them anymore for some reason or the other and so they can't sometimes very good top talent is not a great culture fit and they keep switching jobs till they find the right culture fit that could just be it so why would you want to miss out on such talent and just because somebody has had 2 3 years of uh, a zigzag kind of a career and it happens to the best of people who you know starting on their careers and they've not figured out what needs to be done and you know okay i tried this it didn't work if people can stitch together together a coherent story that you know this is why i was in an exploratory phase and i was not sure of what my core competencies are and i think that's a fair story that at the beginning of your career you you were figuring stuff out but once you figured that out you demonstrated that once you settled down then you did uh, a longish stint but the same thing can be said if you are in like in the 20th year of your work ex and you have had 15 job changes that doesn't that story then is counter productive right counterintuitive and so number of job changes that is the thing then the reasons for change now i don't know even what to say right what reasons are there if i have been incompetent and fired does it mean that i'll never be good enough anywhere else that's number 1 number 2 if i have left because i had a nasty manager does it mean that you won't hire me number 3 i changed because i wanted more money is it a wrong person to hire so all of these questions are absolutely does it does it even i mean just to even if i have to give a benefit of doubt does it even paint a psychological profile i mean are you that if, if that is the case if the answer is yes that you you know you are trying to make a like a you know psychological profiles like what you know cops do for criminals before they find them <laughs> that's the closest analogy that i can think of is um, then the uh, the questions that they have asked do not add up to that right so then it's not clearly a psychological profiling it's just a general profiling and which is discriminatory in my view so <laughs> that was like a form that 
these recruitment agencies ask job seekers and some ask less some ask more but you graduated from base layer to silver so silver and gold tend to hover around the similar similar trajectories and then when you move on to the diamond or platinum if you will they are a little more sophisticated right they will ask you about the weather they will ask you about you know world economics and all that and usually they are reserved for senior leadership i don't think many of them ask uh entry level or mid mid level positions these questions and so they're a little more sophisticated but the common thread across basic silver gold diamond and may not be platinum but at least still gold is that they are largely fulfillment agents they are not business partners to the customer like they are not consulting the customer that this is what you should be asking this is not what you should be asking this is if this is your company we understand the business for this particular role these skill sets will do well so there's no analysis to that there's no i don't know analytical data or this understanding which they can present and then the customers are also saying hey don't give me all this knowledge okay this how do you know what i want for my company i will just speak the language of keywords this is the job description match me a 90% match or if better a 100% match that's when a good job is done so this battle is lost then and there when the company is asking this recruitment agency to just merely find a keyword match and then the recruitment agency is just becoming this fulfillment agent not like a business partner consulting them on what the right talent should be is where the problem lies at least in the indian recruitment set setup if you will i mean feel free to agree disagree i know some of my recruitment friends will get defensive about it are what do you know about the reality and this is not the case and all that i'm happy to stand corrected please don't think that this is etched in stone or anything but this has been an observation across the last 15 years so you'd probably need a lot of data to kind of <laughs> change my mind on this and so my humble request to these recruitment agencies is to somewhere augment their skill sets where they can start becoming a partner and consult their customers i know it is difficult you have very very demanding and tough customers in fact i feel sorry for those who need to execute such mandates they might have a completely different belief system but they have no other choice they think if you want my business then this is what you got to deliver so it's not their fault completely but somewhere somebody has got to bell the cat somewhere somebody is going to make a difference because if you are going to be the this other agency which is very easily replaceable because you're doing exactly the same thing then you will always be at their beck and call that you'll always run the risk of oh my god if i don't listen to them they will fire me and as in fire the agency so the question is how do you differentiate yourself how do you create your own brand value that you are the go to person go to agency when a hiring mandate is given or is this something that you're not looking for are you also in it to make quick buck and say are let's not get so intelligent in all this they want a requirement they have a job requisition let me just be this fulfillment agency my only word of caution for you and i fold my hands and say this to you that if you make your job less complex you will easily be replaceable 
if you make your job more complex as in in a positive way and take more responsibility on the success factors for the company chances are people will value you for it and clearly is it's a crawl walk and run you can't suddenly say okay from tomorrow i'll do this across all my clients but you you have to study your clients well as in detail right so which are those which are very progressive early adopters which speak the language of modernization and want to hire a next generation talent identify those companies then there are mid ones which are the traditional i don't know as long as you give me the good ones and then the at the bottom layer is of course those don't get intelligent on me this is what it is take it or leave it so spread it out and slowly encourage that change consciously dive into that so that you deliver high quality talent which is forward looking futuristic which is above average rather than recycle rinse and repeat mediocre talent and feed it back into the system because the reality of the matter is while india is blessed with abundance of talent not all are employable talent so if there are 100 people who are eligible for the role 90 95% are not employable despite being very eligible and finding those five people is incredibly difficult for anybody whether it's oems own team directly going into the market or going through an agency and so if somewhere we have to break out of the loop somewhere the job seekers need to raise their standards of employability and of course the agencies that you know interact with such people also need to raise their standards not just with the candidate job seeker but also with their customers All right that's all the time i had for this episode on bus talk be sure to join on friday 8 pm to 9 pm ist for after officers on bus talk where we pick up topics similar to these and have a very open frank and simple discussion which is a no frill kind of a talk uh, and and all those questions that you wanted to ask which you never asked you know that's a forum where you can it's on linkedin just in case you didn't know it's on linkedin it's an audio event so all you shy introverts camera shy <laughs> introverts out there you don't have to worry about showing your face um, and i am one of them so can't complain but yeah it's an audio event uh, the link is uh, will be available on my linkedin profile if you go to uh, in/inband that's my linkedin profile you will find uh, if you go to the profile section you will find the bus talk events link i keep posting it and reposting it uh, by around wednesday thursdays so you might uh, want to keep an eye out for that and of course after every episode you know the summary of this is posted on the bus talk podcast please do share with those who care because this is a no frill simple straight talk it has no fancy spancy kind of great adverts and all that no management mumbo jumbo it's a heart to heart conversation so and i know some of you morning walkers i've been i've seen a big spike of morning walkers tuning into bus talk so thank you so much and those who listen to it throughout the course of the day be sure to your use your headphones in case you are listening to it at work make sure that you use your headphones and your boss doesn't see you doing this or if you if you are blessed with a progressive boss that do share the link with them as well 
of late the good news has been the podcast has climbed up the algorithms a little bit and has been featured in the new and noteworthy section uh, on apple podcast and i don't know if it's new because we're almost 100 plus episodes already and i just realized the previous episode interviewing classic interview mistakes uh, in a sales interview that's just uh, done really well some good downloads and uh, it's reached a lot of people so thank you thank you so much for tuning in i know this is something that uh, gives me a lot of joy in sharing and i hope you find it a bit different from the typical big mambo jumbo other podcasts that we get to hear and that was the whole idea about bus talk to have a very simple conversation a slow burn conversation if you will so wherever you are across the world thank you so much for tuning into bus talk you know where to reach me on my social media handles that's hashtag ionisms on twitter that's the fastest way in twitter you will find the link tree uh, link on my profile once you go there you can reach out to me directly either if you want to have a paid consultation for example well wow, that that's something that is an option as well because you know oftentimes people ask a lot of advice and i'm happy to share them free of cost without anything but then it, the conversation which probably they thought was like a one question 15 minute conversation goes on for one and a half hours so i've been doing that for largest part of my life until someone turned up in my network and said you know people don't value free advice unless you start charging them i was like seriously uh, and so i put some uh, very token amount just to make sure that it's well worth your time and my time as well because i would want to accommodate more requests sometimes i'm not able to reach enough or respond to enough people on time so uh, that's one way of looking at it so if you are so inclined and if you're very pressing custom question which is not a generic uh, you know question which is you know randomly applicable to anybody then please feel free to book my time on uh, my consultation page it's there on linktree the link is there but if it is something you just want to have a quick chat or some quick insight or tip then don't don't hesitate right it's all right i mean post a message to me on linkedin or on my twitter this thing i'll try my best to respond to you in fact if the, if the question is very interesting i will have you featured in a subsequent episode of bus talk and give you a shout out so till we meet the next time stay well stay safe be healthy and keep getting your a game to work this is your host ian and you were listening to bus talk peace out <laughs>